0: text for our sermon this evening is Isaiah 35, verses 8 to 10. We'll read those verses again. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they're fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the end of the year is a good time for reflection and evaluation. When you look back at the past year, what were the things that have given you joy? In many ways, the Lord has been good to us. We live in peace and freedom. We've had the opportunity to gather in worship twice each Sunday to attend Bible study and catechism classes. In Jesus Christ, God grants us the forgiveness of sins, adoption as his children, the gift of the indwelling spirit, and eternal life. God also provides us with many material blessings, granting food and shelter and clothing and much more. In our midst, couples have gotten married and Children have been born. God has blessed us in so many ways. Yet we've also faced trials and sorrows. Are there things from this past year that have caused you sadness? Some among us have faced ongoing health struggles. Some have to deal with anxiety or depression or other other mental health difficulties. Some who would dearly love to receive children have been disappointed. Couples have faced difficult struggles in their marriages. The Lord has taken home loved ones. We live in a fallen and broken world. We deal with the consequences of that every day. In the midst of all the joys and all the struggles of life, how are we to go forward? Perhaps if life is good for you, that's not a difficult question. You'll continue to do what you've been doing, and you'll expect that everything will be okay. But what if it's not? What if you're faced with some crisis or loss in 2019? that turns your life upside down? And what about those among us who face ongoing trials and hardships? How are you going to get through the new year? Do you have the courage and the strength that you need to walk with confidence into 2019? Our text deals with these things In it, Isaiah uses an image to picture God's wondrous work of redemption and restoration. Isaiah speaks about a highway through the midst of the desert on which his people could travel from exile to their homeland. Not everyone's allowed on this highway. Only the redeemed will walk on it. They will travel on this highway safe from attack or danger. The highway would lead from exile to Zion. By means of this highway, the Lord would bring his children home. He would allow them to share in everlasting joy and gladness. This prophecy was meant not only for the Israelite exiles, but also for us today. I preach to you the word of God under the following theme. The Lord makes a highway through the desert so that his people may return to him. We'll see why this highway is needed, who is permitted on this highway, and where this highway leads. During the days of Isaiah, in the 8th century before Christ, the people of Judah had a distorted image of who God was. They knew the Lord as their covenant God and themselves As his covenant people. But they felt that they had the right to God's divine protection. They put God in a box, thinking that no matter what they did, the Lord would protect Jerusalem from invasion and his temple from being destroyed. The living God of heaven and earth never allows himself to be put in a box. He is a sovereign Lord. He will do whatever pleases Him. He is faithful to His promises, to both the blessings and the curses of His covenant. The fact that God's people didn't trust in the Lord as their God is evident from how they lived their lives. They served the gods of the nations offering sacrifices to foreign gods. When threatened by foreign powers, they didn't rely on the Lord to deliver them from the hands of their enemies. They figured God needed a hand. So they made alliance with with the kings of surrounding nations. Despite the Lord's warnings through Isaiah, Judah's king contracted with the Assyrians to save them from the threat of being invaded by the kings of Israel and Syria. according to the word of the Lord, it was the same king of Assyria who would invade the land and take many of the people into exile. Because of the misfortune that came upon them, God's people would be forced to reconsider their relationship with the Lord. The basic question they had to come to terms with was this. Is God truly sovereign? Does he rule over the nations? Can God deliver from Assyria or from Babylon? Or is he just one more of the gods waiting to be gobbled up by a bigger God? Today, beloved, there are times when we are faced with these same questions. When facing struggles and difficulties in life, we at times may also feel cut off from God. We too may ask, where is God? Doesn't he love us anymore? Why doesn't God help us in our trouble and our distress? In the midst of God's people's sorrow and distress, Isaiah was allowed to proclaim a message of comfort and hope. Isaiah 35 speaks about the Lord coming to his people and about the redemption he would bring. Isaiah does this in a vivid way, using much imagery. He uses three images to speak of the Lord's deliverance and restoration of his people. Yet what Isaiah has in view is more than just a return from exile. The language used is far too exalted for that. Isaiah is speaking about how all God's people, including us, will walk with God in security, in blessing, in glory, and joy. The first image Isaiah uses is about the transformation of the wilderness. Generally speaking, a desert is a dry and barren place. In Isaiah 35, something amazing happens. The desert blossoms like a crocus... It blossoms abundantly, so much so that it's transformed to look like Lebanon, which was known for its mighty forests, and like Carmel and Sharon, which were rich pasture lands. Isaiah is saying that if you want to understand the riches of God's promises, you need to imagine a desert turning into one of those regions. The second image Isaiah uses to picture God's work of redeeming and renewing His people is given in verses 5 to 7. Isaiah speaks about miraculous wonders that the Lord would perform among His people. He speaks about the eyes of the blind being opened, the ears of the deaf being unstopped, the lame leaping like deer, and the mute singing for joy. Often in Scripture, blindness and deafness are associated not just with physical infirmity, but with spiritual blindness and with an unwillingness to hear and to follow the ways of the Lord. Yet in the midst of their distress, the Lord would come to his people and deliver them. He would heal them of their infirmities. He would give them abundant life. In our text... A third image is used to picture God's wondrous salvation work. Isaiah speaks about how the Lord will make a highway in the desert. We often use different words to describe a road or a pathway. A road is anything we might drive on. In cities, our roads are called streets, avenues, courts, or drives. Outside of the city, you have country roads, and you have highways. And even among highways, we have a separate classification for the really major highways. We'll often call them freeways. The purpose of a freeway is to provide direct and speedy access from one place to another. In our text, Isaiah speaks about how the Lord will construct a major freeway called The way of holiness. This road will be built through the desert. In Isaiah 43 and 4, the prophet spoke, saying, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, the rough places a plain. When you construct a highway, you do exactly what's described here. You make the road as straight as possible. You bulldoze a passageway through the hills. You use the fill to level out the valleys. Then you give it a smooth bitumen finish. Isaiah already referred to this highway in chapter 11, verse 16. He said, and there will be a highway from Assyria for the remnant, for the remnant that remains of his people, as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. The purpose of this highway was to bring God's people to Zion so they could dwell in his presence. God's grace to his sinful people is evident in that when his people are alienated from him, the Lord provides a way for them to be restored to him again. What a comforting message our text gives us. When we are cut off from God, he opens a way for us to come back to him. If sin in our lives has alienated us from God, the Lord provides a way for us to be restored to him. When it seems like everything has gone wrong in life, when we're down and out, God does not forget about us. Remember, he is our faithful, covenant God. He does not give up on his children. When we're stuck, he provides a way of escape. God has done that through our Lord Jesus Christ. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Through his suffering and death on the cross, Jesus has opened the way for us to be restored to the Father. Christ paid the price to reconcile us with God. If we, beloved, desire communion with God, if we want to share in all God's rich promises, the only way to do so is through faith in Jesus Christ. It's only through Him that we have access to the Father. Christ is the highway leading us to God. It's because we have Jesus Christ as our Savior that we may rejoice, beloved. Despite the fact that we may face difficulties and hardships, there's no reason to be discouraged. Isaiah said to the people of Judah, and by extension also speaks to us, saying, strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees, say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come and save you. Yes, we may rely on the faithfulness of our God. He will redeem us from our sins and restore us to him. In times of sorrow and distress, he will comfort and strengthen us through Jesus Christ our Lord. In our first point, we've seen that God builds a highway through the desert so his people might return to him. In our second point, we'll see who is permitted on this highway. Remember, beloved, it's called the way of holiness. Thus, certain people are excluded from walking on it. Just as pedestrians and cyclists are forbidden on our freeways, so certain people are not allowed to travel on God's highway. Our text says, The unclean shall not travel upon it. Fools may not wander about on it. Let's remember where this highway leads. This freeway leads people from exile in distant lands through the desert to Zion. It leads people into the presence of the Lord God. That explains why the unclean cannot travel on this road. No one who is unclean can appear in the presence of our holy God. It also explains why fools are not allowed to wander about on it. In scripture, a fool is not just someone who does something dumb. A fool is someone who does not acknowledge God, who instead walks in the way of evil. Thus also fools are banished from the way of holiness. In verse 9, our text, it notes that this highway will be a safe travel route. It says, No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. As Isaiah had noted earlier, the desert was a home of dangerous animals. Anyone who traveled through the wilderness had much to fear. It often happened that travelers in the desert were attacked by lions or other predatory animals. Isaiah says those traveling on the way of holiness had nothing to fear. The reason why they did not need to fear has to do with the character of those traveling on this road. Who is it that would travel on the highway? Our text says that the redeemed shall walk there and the ransom to the Lord shall return and come to Zion. The reason those traveling on this road didn't need to fear wild animals was because they were God's people. The Lord would not allow any harm to come upon his redeemed people. He would keep those saved by grace safe in his loving care. Yes, beloved, it's only the redeemed, the ransomed, that walk on the way of holiness leading to Zion. These are loaded terms in Scripture. The act of redemption involved three main elements. It involved the release of something or someone, required payment of a price, and it needed some intermediary to pay the price and secure the redemption. For example, if a man had to sell land to pay a debt, a rich relative could become the redeemer. He would pay the price for the land to whoever had bought it and so secure it for his destitute relative. In our case, the Lord is the redeemer. He's the intermediary who pays the price for the release of his people. Thus our text emphasizes the riches of God's grace. He not only makes the highway by which the remnant of his people can return to him, he identifies with them as their next of kin. He's willing to pay whatever price necessary for their release. Do You know what the price of redemption was? What God had to pay to ransom us? nothing less than the death of his own beloved son. Peter says in 1 Peter 1 that we were not redeemed with perishable things such as silver or gold but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Paul says in Titus 2:14 that Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Yes, beloved, it's only the redeemed, the ransomed, the sanctified people of God who are permitted to travel on the way of holiness. It's only those who believe in Jesus Christ who are washed by his blood and spirit that can come into the presence of God. Our text challenges each one of us with the question, are you walking on the way of holiness? Are your eyes focused on the Savior Jesus Christ? Do you look to him for your help and salvation? We're quickly inclined to answer yes to such questions. But consider, beloved... Isn't it true that we sometimes have a distorted picture of God, just like the people of Judah living in those days? On the one hand, we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we do expect our salvation from Him. And yet on the other hand, when we're in trouble, and God doesn't seem to be helping us, aren't we also inclined to do things our own way? Do you put your trust completely in the Lord, beloved? Do you look to Him when you face sickness or loneliness in your life? Do you depend on Him when financial hardships come upon you? Do you believe that God is able to help you overcome the difficulties you experience in relationships with those around you? Are you able to hand over your problems and your concerns to God when you're overcome by anxiety or stress? What do you do when you're worried about a loved one who's straying? Can you pray and give it over to God? Or do you carry that burden yourself? Walking the way of holiness is not difficult. Christ has done all the work for us. All we need to do is believe in Him and in His grace. All we need to do is entrust our lives to God's care and keeping. It is so simple. And yet in our weakness and in our sinfulness, we often make it so difficult. We come to our final point, where this highway leads. Our text tells us that the highway leads to Zion. Zion refers to the Temple Mount. It refers to the place where God dwelt in Jerusalem, in the midst of his people. Isaiah prophesied about how part of the Lord's judgment on Judah would be, the destruction of the Temple. Yet in our text, we see that God speaks about the future glory of Zion speaks about the restoration of the temple, but how God would once more dwell in the midst of his people. God would rebuild Zion by laying a precious cornerstone. God promised to secure the city from its enemies. Zion was to become a place like the Garden of Eden, Isaiah 51.3. It was to be restored to all its former glory. The greatest thing about Zion is that God himself would come and dwell there. As it says in Isaiah 59, verse 20, the Redeemer will come to Zion. So we see that our text makes it clear that the way of holiness leads the redeemed people of God into his presence. Our text says the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be on their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. If we, beloved, are walking on the way of holiness, we don't have to do so with heavy hearts. If we remember who we are in Christ and where we are heading, then all the sorrows of this life are put into perspective. Our hearts are filled with joy and gladness. By grace, we've been saved through faith. And that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. God is leading us on His highway. He is bringing us to our eternal home. With that in view, how can we be sad? God has a glorious inheritance in store for us. Revelation 21 has some beautiful things to say about Zion. John speaks about how he saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God as a bride adorned for her husband. It'll be our privilege to dwell with God on a new heaven and a new earth. It'll be a great time. God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, There'll be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There'll be no more pain, for the former things will have passed away. As redeemed and renewed saints, we will dwell with God in great joy and glory. And so, beloved, we may enter into a new year with confidence. We don't know what will happen in 2019, We don't know whether this will be a year in which we experience great blessings from God's hand or a year in which we experience trouble, hardships, and sorrow. Yet we have the comfort and the assurance that no matter what ups or downs we face, our God is faithful. He'll provide comfort when we're feeling miserable. He'll give strength When we are weak, He'll give hope when we're ready to give up. God is the one who has set us on the way of holiness. He is the one who is leading us to our eternal home. May we walk with Him on the way everlasting. Amen.